Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today we'll continue our, our summer series as we look at A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23 by W. Philip Keller. A wonderful book uh, available on Audible, Kindle, uh, you can still find it in paperback throughout uh, bookstores online, including Amazon, Thrift Books, and Christian, uh, the Christian Store, I believe, as well. Uh, but wonderful book. Hopefully, you uh, take the time to read it. So if you're catching this later on the podcast or the radio or however you get this, um, we want to thank you for tuning in and listening. Uh, today, we're going to be dealing with the simple question of who is the Lord? There's something that's so simple in Psalm 23 at the very beginning of the verse, we're not even going to get to the complete Psalm uh, 23, verse 1. We're actually only dealing with the first half of it. The Lord is my shepherd. Uh, when you break that down and you go, the Lord is, uh, one of the things that really hit me is I was like, can you answer who the Lord is? Do you know his attributes? Do you know his character? Uh, one of the things that I know for sure that I see uh, that I've seen throughout the time that I've uh, been walking with Christ and even in my own life is, is people struggle in those deep, dark valleys and they don't know which direction to go. And it's only because they don't understand the attributes of God. Um, the, the, it, because the attributes of God allows us to strengthen our relationship with God. Think about it. If, if God is goodness... If God is sovereign, God is holy, God is grace, God is love, but that's not even, man, you get into the God is all-powerful, God is all-knowing, God stands outside of time, God is eternal, God's always existed. Those are the things you need to call on when you're in the valley. You need to bring those things out of the remembrance of your heart, who God is. So whether you're giving praise for those attributes, whether you're giving adoration for those attributes when you pray, it's important for you to know who the Lord is. Because if you know who the Lord is, then he personally becomes my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And that's what we're going to look at today. Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. Now we see one of the other attributes is his love. Uh, and, and, and I one of the things, we, we just went over this in, in Ephesians chapter 3 about the depths of his love. 
And who can understand them? Who knows the knowledge of them? But God still wants you to grasp them, right? To grasp them. And it's important for us to understand one of his attributes is his love. And if you don't know that he loves you, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. If you want to know how much he loved you, look from hand to hand on the cross. That's how wide his love is. As the nails are, are, are driven into the hands, his hands stretched across that cross. That's how much he loves you. And, and it's, it, it's important for us to understand that. In Romans chapter 8, verse 35, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of God? Right? Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? And then we see in Romans verses 8, verse 39, Neither height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And, that, and that's one of the things that he's asking you to be, is to be rooted and grounded in the love of Christ as a Christian. Agape love, it's a sacrificial love, and, and God is the genesis of love. He is the source of love. And one of the things we're going to talk about is, is love and truth and how important those two things are together. And Paul links those two things together in Scripture. It's important that we love, but we also share truth. See, he is, you know, understanding that, that God's love is based on his, his supreme desire to glorify himself. For he is being the most worthy of love. By seeking his, his own glory, God pours forth his love upon creation that might, be, uh, might better give glory to him. And God loves his creation, and better than his creation, God loves his people. And God loves you. That's why God, when you, when you choose to follow Jesus and you become a child of God, like God loves you enough not to leave you the same way that you, were, you came in. That's why he talks about in Ephesians chapter 3 about strengthening the inner man through the power of the Holy Spirit so you would be rooted and grounded in what? Love. Love. Very important. I think if, if more Christians knew the, the, um, the agape love, the sacrificial love, the love that expects nothing in return, it would change a lot of things. Another one of his attributes is mercy. In Psalm 6, verse 4, it says, Return, O Lord, deliver, uh, deliver O save me, your mercy's sake. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, God who is rich in mercy... And so mercy is, 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 which is deserved is withheld to the benefit of the object of, uh, of the mercy. I mean, you deserve punishment, but you're getting mercy. You deserve death, but Jesus paid it on the cross. Your debt can be paid. There's mercy. There's grace. And, and, I, and, and I, I pray that you would understand that, like, you know, that, that God's mercy is one of his attributes. His mercies are new every morning, right? You may be going through something and his mercies are new every morning. His mercies are there when you're, when you're stuck in your sin. 
He's merciful because He loves you. He's like, hey, just get up, confess your sin and repent, and let's get moving again. Because He's merciful. He's all-powerful, omnipotence um, is, is, you know, the way that that, that that terminology or theology is given, omnipotence, but it's just meaning all-powerful. I, I think that's more important for you to be able to understand is just, hey, He's all-powerful. His power is perfect. Um, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, In Him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. Uh, Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, with, all, with God all things are possible. Psalm 115, verse 3, But our God is in heaven. He does what He pleases. I want to make sure you read that. But our God is in heaven. He does what He pleases. I don't think people like, Lord, you're... We treat God, and unfortunately, understanding that God's power is unlimited and is perfect... God can do whatever he wants. He's sovereign, right? But to understand he does what he pleases, not what you please. Not what you please. And I think that's where a lot of people struggle. Like, man, his perfect power, man, we got to trust that. But understanding that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask. Because his perfect power can do it. It's, it's important for us to understand that when our hearts align with God's heart, man, God wants to move and answer those prayers. So, uh, God is everywhere. He's omnipresence. And, and uh, Jeremiah 23, verses 23 and 24, I am a, a God near at hand, says the Lord, and not a God, God afar off. Can anyone hide himself in secret places so I shall not see him, says the Lord? Do I not fill the heaven and the earth, says the Lord? We read that verse a little earlier, Psalm 90, verses 1 and 2. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations before the mountains uh, were, brought, were uh, brought forth are ever. You had formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. He stands outside of time. Please understand that. What you don't see right now or what you can't wrap your head around, uh, meaning that this problem that you see in the valley, I can't, I don't know how this is going to be fixed. I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't know why I lost my job. Am I going to have another job? But God stands outside of time and he hears those prayers. And he knows the beginning and the end of your story. And, and it's, it's, it, it, when you trust that, you're trusting an all-powerful omnipresence God who stands outside of time and an all-knowing God who's omniscience all-knowing that's where you start really beginning to understand the attributes of God and how important they are Psalm 147 5 says God understanding is infinite infinite nobody can outthink him they try to but they can't first John chapter 3 verse 20 says for if our heart condemns us God is greater than our heart and knows all things. He knows all things because God is, is omniscient and, and he knows all things. You're not hiding anything from him. So even if you're struggling with a sin right now and, and, you, and no, it's a secret sin, nobody knows it. You're not hiding it from him. 
You, you just you need to get right with him. You're not hiding it from him. If you're if you're struggling with, like I'm mad, God, I don't know why this is happening to me. I'm upset with you. It's it's not like he doesn't know that. You need to cry out in prayer. You need to you need to start having that one on one conversation with the Lord. And let him know, hey, and forgive me for being upset, but I'm I'm struggling right now. Be honest. One of his attributes is righteousness. Psalm 19, verses 7 through 9. The Lord, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise and simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Psalm 145, 17, the Lord is righteous in all his ways, gracious in all his works. Righteousness is very similar to goodness and holiness, right? Um, and, and so he defines what is righteousness, right? Um, and, and he defines what is good and he defines what is holy. God is good, but he refers to himself as righteousness because he works the good as well. So we need to remember that. One of the things that we do through uh, our ability to be righteous is to, to, to be obedient to God. Be obedient to God. That's, that's a big key. Be obedient to God. Abide. Abide. Uh, he's self-existence. Uh, in Exodus 3.14, And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And John 5, verse 26, For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 through 17, he says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that uh, are in heaven and on uh, the earth, on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things con uh, consist. And so he's self-existence. He's always existed. And that's always the question we get at, at youth retreats. Well, who created God? No one. He's always existed. God is sovereign. Genesis 14, verse 19, Blessed be uh, Abram, the God of the Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. Blessed be God, Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. God is sovereign. Psalm 115.3, But our God is in heaven. He does whatever He pleases. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, In Him we have obtained an inheritance predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. His will. God is sovereign. That means that, that God's divine control is over everything that happens. There's nothing outside the control of His loving hand. Okay? It's, it's very important to understand that. So not the designs of the wicked, even the, the plans of history's most evil dictators, not the, the way of earth works itself seemingly against the lives of man, um, not the works of demons, um, and not, not my own free will. And Romans chapter 8, verse 28 tells us that all things work together for the good of, of God's children, right? And, and so 
It's understanding that God's sovereignty is a huge source of comfort to the believer because everything seems to be so chaotic right now, right? But, but God is in control. God is sovereign. God is on the throne. There will be, uh, there will be a, a time of judgment, a time uh, where those that are, have done wrong will be judged, right? There are different levels of hell. Nobody talks about that. So you have the, the, the two eternal destinations. You, you, you confess your sins. You repent. You ask Christ to dwell in your heart. You're filled with the Holy Spirit. Your, your, your ticket to heaven's been punched. Right? But it's not just that. It's that God wants to use you here on earth to share the gospel, make disciples, and to teach those things to observe uh, the Word of God, right, to others. Um but to share the gospel. And, and then there's the eternal destination where you, the great white throne of judgment, name's not written in the book of Lamb. You have sin. You refused to follow God while you were here on earth. Um, you denied him, and now you're going to be judged. And then you go into the uh, lake of fire. But they don't tell you. I mean, it's in Scripture. And I think a lot of, a lot of people who are atheist or... Um, um, you know, or, or believe in different spirituality and all that stuff, they don't understand that in Scripture that talks about the different levels of hell. And, and just something to think about, you know, it's, it's understanding that God's sovereign. If He's sovereign, He said His Son is going to return to judge this world. Um, we don't know how much time we have. Just something to think about. He's transcendent. And and so when we mean by that is is that that it refers to the fact that God is unlike any other being. He's there's no analogy or comparison that that comes close to describing him. Okay? Just that's the easiest way to remember it. Psalm 113, verses 5 and 6 says, Who is like the Lord our God who dwells on high, who humbles himself to behold the things that are in heaven, heavens and in earth? So now we see the attributes of God, and that's why David is saying the Lord is, but now he's saying the Lord is what? My shepherd. My shepherd. And we trust that it's not just um, God the Father, but God the Son, because that's, that's why Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. That's why he says the I am statement, I am the good shepherd. In John chapter 10, verse 11, it says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. He gives his life for the sheep. And so it's important for us to remember that, that we have a good shepherd. If you're following the principality of this earth, you're, 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 if, you, if you're not following God, you're following Satan. And, and that's who's leading you. And, and that's, you know, that's sad, but I mean, that's the reality of it. I mean, I, I did it for 39 years. I know the, the pain and the suffering. I know when, when he's talking about the sheep on the other side of the fence, Dr. Philip Keller in the book, when he's talking about the sheep on the other side of the fence, and they're riddled with disease, and they're riddled with parasites, and they don't have uh, no grass to eat, and the, the, the owner is not taking care of them, and the sheep are suffering, that is what Satan does to those that he's leading. And if you have not chosen to follow Jesus Christ, you are being led by Satan. 
because I've chosen to follow the good shepherd. I've chosen to follow Jesus Christ. See, when the Lord is my shepherd, it means that I'm allowing the Lord. I, I am merely a lump of clay. And I'm allowing God to mold me and guide me and make me uh, the human being that he wants me to be. I'm his new creation. In Isaiah 64, 8, it says, But now, O Lord, you are the Father, we are the clay, and you are the potter, and all we are are work of your hand. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, poemia, meaning that we are his, his poem that's being written out, created in Christ Jesus for good works, meaning that you're saved by grace, not by works, but you're prepared for good works. See, that's what I was saying. It's not just about you punching a ticket to heaven. It's like God wants to use you while you're here on this earth for his army. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it tells you there that, that, that you were created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The question you have to ask yourself is that if you're his poem that's being written out, if, you're, if the potter is, is molding you with the clay... Are you doing the good works that God's prepared beforehand? Because I, I, I think that's where a lot of Christians are struggling right now is they, they don't, we're, we're, you know, Paul talks about it in Ephesians. I'm going to go back to that again in Ephesians 3. Because he talks about the strengthening of the inner man. And the reason why he talks about the inner man is that you're a new creation. The old creation has died. And becoming a new creation... And letting go of that stuff, just let it go. Let go of the things of the world. Have a light grip. We're going to talk about that next week when we talk about contentment that I shall not want. right? But if he's your good shepherd, if he's your good shepherd, are you going to follow him? Are you going to allow him to mold you? One of the things he talks about is he has to, as, he, as, as W. Philip Keller had bought the sheep, one of the first things he has to do is he has to actually, um, he has to actually tag the sheep. He has to actually tag the sheep. And, and that's a crazy piece of, uh, of, uh, of the story because he has to actually notch in with a knife and blood is spilled. And you think about the blood that was spilt on the cross by our Good Shepherd. And that's why he says in Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, and we'll end here, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall I enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you, you who practice lawlessness. That's a, man. Did you get that, though? He says that, that, but he who does the will of my Father. See, if the Lord is your shepherd, you abide in the good shepherd. You're, you're, you're following him. 
You're you're allowing him to guide your life. You're allowing him to uh, to, uh, to you know. We talked about you know one of the things we talked about last week in our, our teaching on Sunday was does Christ dwell in your heart? Right? There's different rooms of the house of the heart, supposedly. That's the way that one author put it. And he goes, does Christ have access to every room? Think about that just for a second. Like, is there a room in the heart that you go, oh, no, God, you can't go in there? Some of y'all, you say the prayer. You, 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 um, you've left Christ on the porch. You haven't even invited him in yet because you're still hanging on to the things of the world. And God is saying those things have to go. And I'm afraid uh, as the sheep and the goat get separated, there will be a lot of people that will say, Lord, Lord, didn't we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and do many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So the Lord is my shepherd. Is the Lord your shepherd personally? Do you have a personal relationship with the Lord, the Good Shepherd, Jesus Christ? It's very important to know the attributes of God. It'll help you in the valley. Just remember that. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio, pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. Uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 